This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. What's up, man? Oh, not much. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, doing, doing okay. Good. Doing okay. Busy. Got those mid-semester blues. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm cruising. I'm like, just Baylor's doing that thing where like everybody goes home at Thanksgiving. And so like, there's pretty much- You're in the final stride. Yeah, there's like nothing left. I have a couple of papers left, but like- Yeah. I've got a month to do them. A month and a half. Yeah, I'm jealous. So, last week we started the series on creation care. Yeah. Um, and so we that, are. The conversation evolved more into like the relationships of the, of uh, science and the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we start, which it kind of needed to start there. Oh, um, for sure. I do think um, it is an issue for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's something that we should revisit on this podcast at a later time um, to and, do like full justice to it. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but. Uh, now we're actually going to be talking about creation care. Yep. And we're starting in Genesis 2, right? Yep. You want to walk us through this? Yeah. So I think first, a little disclaimer here. Um, I don't read Genesis 1, 2, and 3 like super literal. I don't, I don't think that's helpful. I think there are some pretty big hurdles that happen when you read it super literally, such as in Genesis 1, man and woman are made together. Mm-hmm. And their first command is to be fruitful and multiply. And so if their first command is to be fruitful and multiply, then to be in good standing with God, they would have had to have had sex and presumably at least start the position of having children. But then we get to Genesis 3, and the punishment handed down to Eve for her sin is you will now bear forth children in pain. Why would you ever tell someone that if they have no concept of childbearing without pain? So presumably, if you're reading this super literally, now she also has children, which kind of puts a damper on the whole Romans 5 thing, for sin into the world through one man, because mm. now we got five different, or however many presumably, right, kids running around like all, there's all this sin that's entered the world this way. And then in Genesis 2, the order of the way that the characters and the setting appears are out of order from Genesis 1. So in Genesis 2, before vegetation's on the ground, man is there. In Genesis 1, vegetation is made then man is made so i don't read them very literally i need i need to give that disclaimer for me genesis 1 says that god is the cause of creation Mm. genesis 2 is that god made creation in order to have fellowship with humanity and genesis 3 is that somehow humanity screwed it up so that's how i read the story and for you this could be a progression of Whoever knows how long, right? Is that, or are you thinking yeah, these for are me, like back-to-back events? No, yeah. For me, they're literary devices for some author at some point to explain uh, the cosmology of the world mm-hmm. when they don't really know. Gotcha. Um, so that's that's how I read it. 
You can roast me in the comments if you want. That's how I read it. Um, you will probably get roasted at some point. Somebody will, and that's okay. Yeah. I will gladly take them out to coffee and uh, have that conversation with them. But so with all of that, just because I don't read them literally doesn't mean that I don't think there are elements to be learned from the text. Right. And so in Genesis 1, we have this story of this seven-part creation narrative. And at day six, man and woman are made together and told to be fruitful and multiply. Now, that's important. That's in Genesis 1. I'm looking it up right now. I'm so sorry. I didn't already have this. Um, I think it's... It's It is uh, 22. God spoke this blessing over them. Be fruitful and multiply. Yep. So, oh no, I'm sorry. That was for the other animals. This is verse 28. Then God blessed them and gave them this directive. Be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth. I make you trustees of my estate, so care for my creation and rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that roams across the earth. So, we have this very, very early kind of picture where God makes them, and he gives them a command to be fruitful and multiply. Now, those are metaphorical words. Yeah. What what's the metaphor that they're communicating from? I have no idea. That's creation metaphor. Okay. To be fruitful is to bear fruit like a tree mm-hmm. and multiply is what creation does. Okay. It multiplies itself, right? I mean just think one one animal can birth multiple animals. Mm-hmm. Like it is a multiplicity uh, that's built into creation. So right away, the narrative is from a creation narrative. It is, your job is to be fruitful and multiply and to populate this thing that I have given you. Right. So we have right away that humanity is deeply connected to creation, even through God's choice of words. Mm. Right. It's like humanity is deeply connected to creation. And he tells them. I think this is so interesting. Populate the earth. Care for my creation. It's like, oh. Interesting. Right out of the gate. So let's let's think about this. So we have first part of creation in Genesis 1. God makes light. Right, he yeah. speaks light into existence. Then day two, he separates land and water and does this. So he starts to form the earth, separates the, the atmosphere or whatever. Then we have three, four, and five, where he starts to make creation, like the earth itself. Yeah. And in him making all of this, he makes it, quite beautiful. I mean, the poetry that exists in Genesis one is designed to show you the beauty of creation, right? This is not just a place to house humanity. This is a place to show the majesty and power of God. 
And so they make it. And then he's like, but now I need like, now I need people. So he makes people and tells them, care for my creation. Right out of the gate. So in Genesis 1, you have that God is deeply connected to the things that he creates. And it's almost as if you were going to put kind of a, um, almost like a bubble. Mm-hmm. And you have God and creation kind of not the same, but connected. It's like God is creating this and it's beautiful and it reflects who he is. And then he tell he brings humanity into it and he says, Hey, care for this care for my creation. So in the very first chapter of the Bible, we are told our duties according to Genesis one mm-hmm. to be fruitful and multiply, to populate the earth and to care for creation. And it says, and rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that roams across the earth. Now, when you hear that word rule, what do you think? I think kingdoms and kings and... Yeah. Yeah. Like, what anybody would reasonably think. No. Now, can you have good rulers? Sure. Can you have bad rulers? Absolutely. Which one do you think we are? Like humanity? Yeah, if we if it is if God's put us as ruler over creation, how have we done? Oh. I would say that in some ways we've done well, but in some ways we've done very very badly. Yeah. I I think that's probably a fair Fair assessment. Um, I don't know. You were maybe a bit more generous than I would be. Mm. I think we've done kind of a terrible job. I mean, yeah. um, The ozone layer is depleting. Well, not just that. Dying. But but even just at a a bigger, more holistic level, um, we have whole species of animals and mammals that are going extinct because of us. Yeah. Right. Hunter and I, that's my wife's name for anybody who doesn't know. We've been hooked on watching the shark week stuff on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like whole species of sharks that are extinct or virtually extinct. Not, not because of anything in nature. But because we just don't take care, we're not good rulers of the fish. Whole birds that are on the endangered species list, because we're not good rulers of the birds of the sky. Yeah. Um, So there was this one bird. um, Can't remember what it is. If you guys know, let us know in the comments. Um, But right after, or pretty close after, um, America was settled. Okay. There was a whole, like, I think it was So America was as a colony of Britain or, like, as its own country? I I don't remember exactly where in the timeline it fell. Okay. But um, it was 
a long time ago. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of these birds mm-hmm. with this one specific kind of bird that almost like took over, right? There were so many of them. And then they became target practice, literal target practice. And then it became one of those things like if you're rich, you eat these. And so it became even more. And then they started hunting them. And now um, we have, I think, I don't know if they've gone fully extinct yet. They're definitely endangered. Yeah. I think it's a, a kind of like prairie chicken. Okay. Um, and, and that just shows how we, you're, how you're, you're saying we've done a terrible job. Yeah. Like I not- think exclude, exclude environmental conversations, yeah. energy, natural gas, coal, all the exclude those pollution conversations. Just, I mean, just look at how we've treated the yeah. creation, like the animals, the other inhabitants of the creation. And then, you know, you know, one of our favorite TV shows, mine and Clayton's is a show called how I met your mother. And one of the main characters on there is, um, Jason Siegel, who plays Marshall Erickson, who his lifelong goal is to be uh, an environmental lawyer. And he ends up watching this documentary on garbage. <laughs> and it's it's a really funny episode, the way it plays out. Yeah. But, but it's a serious issue. Yeah, it's a serious issue. That there's, a, there's a whole place called Garbage Island where the garbage of the world gets dumped. And it's bigger than the size of Texas. Yeah. Um, yikes. That's a real thing. Um, yikes. And you know what's even crazier? Um, you know, we, we always talk about those little plastic rings that come on six packs. You know, you got to make sure you either break them or cut them or whatever so they don't get hung on a fish's neck or a bird's neck or whatever. A penguin. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, but it don't matter. If it gets in the water... And I learned this in my, in my environmental science class. If it gets in the water over time, uh, I think they were called, um, dang, I can never remember the name of these little things. It's a, it's got a funny name though. And it starts with an, and it sounded made up, okay. <laughs> but they're these, the little bitty things that make up your plastic. Okay. They break back off and fish swallow them. Okay. And they like seep into the water and it, over time it like poisons the fish. Oh, wow. And like brutally kills them. Yikes. So that garbage island thing, big problem. Yeah. Um, for, for more reasons than just garbage being in the water, right? Yeah. Um, that That's a real problem that is harmful to the ecosystem. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one thing that we often overlook is that this this planet is quite circular. Yeah. In that, you know, plants, we need plants because they provide oxygen. Yeah. And they live off of CO2, which is what we put off when we breathe in oxygen. So, like, I think that reciprocal idea in the way that God created us is designed to help us see that we're supposed to care for this thing. It literally gives us life. Yeah. 
the greenery on this planet literally gives us life because it provides oxygen to us. And it's also interesting that in Genesis 2, sorry, I want to make sure I get this right. Sorry, um, Genesis 1 and 2, the only thing that Adam and Eve are permitted to eat is the fruit of any tree, yeah. right? Remember, you can't have meat without death. Yeah. And there's no death in paradise. Right. So in the garden, they're not eating meat. It's actually not till Noah that they're given permission to eat meat. Mm. And remember also, in the story of Genesis 3, after they sin, they feel ashamed, and they clothe themselves with plant leaves. Yeah. They still have no concept of death in their mind. It's not until after God confronts them that God makes them loincloths yeah. out of death. So this whole idea originally was that we wouldn't eat death. We would only eat life. Mm. You catch that metaphor? Yeah, that's good. That we eat the very thing that provides life to us, but yet we have predominantly become a carnivorous society in that we would eat like just enormous amounts of death yeah. to a rate that we now no longer treat the animals that are giving us nutrients well. I mean, have you ever watched some of these videos of like meat packing plants? Oh my gosh, it's horrific. Like these slaughterhouses it's and horrific. It's like, oh my god, specifically like, the pork ones. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And have you ever seen like feedlots and things? Yeah. It's terrible. It's like we we're gonna eat that now? Yeah. I've tried the vegetarian thing a number of times for a number of different reasons, but like that alone makes me want to go vegetarian. Yeah. Now if you are a wool-wearing, meat, steak-loving, good old Texan um, who drives a, a big truck. like A diesel truck. A, a big diesel <laughs> truck. We are not hating on you, I promise. No, we're not. And we're not telling you to drive a Prius um, no, or, Prius. or not drive a car at all. Yeah, no, or I have a car. We have wear plant leaves. Like That's not yeah. what we're saying. No. What we're, what we're saying... Because, because once you say that, once you say that we we shouldn't drive cars, we should save all of the, the rainforest from becoming parking lots, Ted, on How I Met Your Mother, makes a really good point. Where are you going to park your car? Yeah, well, that's, right? a, that's a straw man and, argument. Yeah. It's like taking the dumbest part of what we're saying <laughs> and like turning it into the main point. Yeah. It's not what we're saying. No. But I felt like it needed to be said, right? Yeah. That's not what we're saying. We both eat meat. We both like meat. Yeah. Um, I would encourage you to try like meatless Mondays or something though. I um, am, I'm currently wrestling with this in my own theology and I think I'm about to try to start moving back towards the vegetarian route a little mm -hmm. bit because, uh, and I commend Dr. David Capes for pointing this out to me. 
when the Messiah comes, there's no more death. Mm. The Messiah has come, and we should be living now in expectation of the culmination of the kingdom of God, which is the final realization of the Messiah. So in a way of suffering and expectation to live that out, I think I'm going to go back the vegetarian route. Um, it's just unique to me. I'm not telling you you should do that, listeners, or Clayton, you. Um, I'm not doing that. I like burgers too much. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's, yeah. I think there there are a lot of elements here. And if if there's one thing that I want you to get out of this mini-series of creation care is you should care a little bit. Like, if you don't go to the fullest extents that are possible, like, that's fine. But you should care some. I mean, yeah. we we go above and beyond. So uh, I would say that's true. We, both of our houses, try to recycle. I'm not as good as it, at it as I would like to, just because our local municipality makes it very difficult on people to recycle. Yeah. Um, but I pay extra for 100% renewable resources for my energy, uh, for the electricity bill in my house. Um, we try very hard. My wife and I both have tried vegetarianism on a number of times for environmental reasons. Um, we, we try very hard to go above and beyond. Um, but if you don't go to the levels that we go to for it, that's fine. But I kind of, as, as a Christian, I kind of expect you as another Christian to care a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's, it is an important issue. Um, and, and maybe you're feeling a bit of conviction right now. And that's a good thing. Um, listener, um, embrace it. Um, Take that and run with it. Um, yeah, because you can go like really, really far with it. I think Clayton gets frustrated every time he comes over to my house because we don't have napkins. A we little bit. We don't. We don't have paper napkins because while recycling is good, zero waste is better. Yeah. And so we try very hard to limit our single-use products in our house. Um, and Clayton gets frustrated because we have cloth napkins. You will be um, very proud of me. I actually bought some cloth napkins. For yes. The um, they're denim. They're super cool. You have been indoctrinated. Uh, I wouldn't call myself indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> and I made sure they were hardy enough that I didn't have to replace them all the time. Yeah. So it's cheaper. Yeah. Oh, so you did it for a fiscal reason. I did it for fiscal also lowering on waste. Um, yeah. Because once you use a napkin, you can't recycle it. You have to throw it away. Right. Um, which sucks. Yeah. So I think, well, and there are other ways you can do that, right? There are plenty of companies now using bamboo to make napkins yeah. and paper goods, which is far more sustainable than trees because yeah. bamboo grows like four feet. A stalk of bamboo Bamboo grows like four feet in a month. Yeah. Whereas like a tree. And it grows like a lot of it. A yeah. lot of it grows really quickly. 
Right. Yeah. And so, like, it's much more sustainable than trees. It's not as comfortable on the face, but. They're getting um, better. Yeah. I we would have say some, that's true. We, we have some. I mean, we use bamboo toilet paper. And when we first started using bamboo toilet paper, uh, it was not. It was that John Wayne toilet paper. It don't take crap off nobody. <laughs> but it's much better now. It's not Charmin. Yeah, no. But uh, I get a little shimmy when I'm done. Like, I feel okay. Okay. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Um, it, listener, try to embrace these things because, and even if that just means for you moving to bamboo products, or maybe for yeah. you that means um, meatless Mondays. Right. Yeah. Whatever small little thing that you can do to take care of creation, I say do it. Yeah. Another element that we do, and I've I've tried it a number of times, and I've been successful at it some, and I've been unsuccessful at it some, is composting. Mm. So I have a compost bin. Composting is very easy to do. Um, as far as the knowledge and science behind composting. The difficulty is remembering to tend it. Yeah. And that's where I've messed up. I didn't put enough dry goods in it and the bottom molded. Yeah, there there's been times that I have walked past his compost bin and like it did not smell good. Well, it never smells good. No, that it is doesn't. one thing about compost. It's literally rotting. But Yeah, yeah, it's it's breaking down. Yeah. So but it's really good. It's very good for the environment um, to compost. And it's good for your yard. I mean, you can spread it out and it becomes a natural fertilizer. Uh, it becomes a topsoil if you do gardening or anything like that. Um, I mean, so any number of these, even if you, like if you're a person of means, excuse me, and you have a little bit of extra money, yeah, up your electricity plan to the 100% renewable resource plan it and here's a crazy thing it only costs like 25 or 30 bucks more really yeah hmm. it doesn't cost like i've done the math a couple of different times and like to go back to the other plan it would only drop our bill like 30 dollars yeah you know um covid has done a lot of things but one thing covid has done is reduced our carbon emissions which is good at least for a season. Yeah. Because we're not driving as much right now, um, which is a good thing. Um, when I think working from home for a lot of people will help that too because yeah. they drive less. I mean, I know I drive a lot less working from home. Our dad drives like never. Yeah. Now. Um, I definitely drive a lot less. Um, I used to drive all the time. Yeah. You I was all a lot over of time map. driving. Yeah. Um, I would go through. Um, about an audible book a week that's about 10 15 hours long yeah, yeah just in the car just in the car yeah um so whatever that means for you doing something small to make a bigger effect yep um just think about it that's all we ask